The following is a King's Chapel, Alaska presentation with Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passion's making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's call and help us be the personal, powerful, permeating church God's called us to be. For more information, visit kcalaska.com or find us on Facebook. Here's Pastor Daniel. Ephesians chapter 4, starting from verse 25, we'll read through chapter 5. We've been preaching a series entitled, Holy Ghost Come. I've said that for many, many, many years, not sure where I picked it up, but I did talk a little bit at the start of the series about a a movement called the, the Vineyard Churches. And uh, many years ago, there's a man by the name of Lonnie Frisbee who was powerfully used by God to bring a move of the Spirit of God to Calvary Chapel and, and then on to uh, the Vineyard Churches. And um, it didn't end so well for Lonnie. He had a secret hidden life that was exposed. But God used him in a remarkable way. And in one of the meetings, John Wimber's church, how many of you heard of Jen, John Wimber? Lift your hand, you heard of John Wimber, all right. A little bit of revival history in America. At one of the meetings there, he shared his testimony, and then he kind of stopped and said, um, Holy Ghost, come. And he kind of looked like Jesus. He had, a, he had a beard, and you know, his long hair, it's the 70s, and he said, Holy Ghost, come. Yeah, there, there it is, And the Holy Spirit fell in great power. And people began to weep and come to the Lord. And I mean, it was just a dramatic thing. And so I wanted to do a series. I felt like the Lord led me to, to start a series on the Holy Spirit. I called it Holy Ghost Come or Holy Ghost because the, we are affiliated with the Assemblies of God. We're an Assembly of God church in that we are aligned with them doctrinally. We're a sovereign church, so we're not run by the district, but we're very thankful for the cooperative fellowship that the AG is to us. We love them. Amen. We own our own buildings and put our own pastors in place. So we're not, um, they don't make decisions for us, but we are affiliated with them. But not long ago, uh, there was a decision that was made. Uh, and this is a decision that's made in a number of different mainline denominational churches that they said, well, don't say Holy Ghost anymore. Don't say Holy Ghost anymore because it's kind of offensive. So just say Holy Spirit. So as soon as I heard that, I thought that's exactly what I'm calling. I'm calling this series Holy Ghost. Come. It's just in my nature to, to fight against any kind of spirit of religion. I can't stand it. It's two twin sisters from hell. Religion and poverty. They're joined at the hip and they will be with you unless you shake them off. Got to watch out for becoming religious. Ephesians chapter 4. So I think this is the third message in the series. And what a powerful time we had with Ivan Tate. Wow. Isn't he an unusual guy? <laughs> My dear friend. Ephesians chapter 4. Find verse 25. Reading from the New King James. Therefore, put away lying. Each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor. For we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down in your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Let him who stole 
steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands, what is good, that he may have something to give him who is, has need. Verse 29. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good and necessary for edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. That's a profound verse. I'm not going to preach all that much on it, but grace is the most powerful thing in the world, in all the universe. And actually through your mouth, you could release it. Okay. Verse 30. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. I want you to read verse 30 with me. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Verse 31. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore be imitators of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also loved us and gave himself for us as an offering, a sacrifice to God, a sweet-smelling aroma. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness let not even a hint be named among you as is fitting for the saints. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving thanks. For this you know. You all there? Verse 5. I'm going to read it. We were going to stop at verse 4, but I can't help myself. <laughs> I, I love this verse. For this you know, that no fornicator, nor no fornicator, unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Oh, we might as well go right through six and seven. Let no one deceive you with empty words. But because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, therefore, do not be partakers with them. Let's pray. Father, we thank and praise you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. You may be seated. We do have notes for you. I uh, would encourage you to fill those in. Go preach it to somebody else uh, at, afterwards or later on this week. Also help you to remember. How many of you ever been hurt by something that someone has said about you? How many of you ever lost a loved one? When you lose a loved one and somebody dies in your life, and if that hasn't happened to you yet, it's really common to being a human being, so it's going to happen. When that happens, we go into what is called grief. And there's right ways to grieve and there's wrong ways to grieve. But a fascinating thing about this verse here that we read, verse 30, read it all together, talks about not grieving the Holy Spirit. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, which you were sealed. Some grieve over the loss of love or grieve over somebody dying, and we should, and that's understandable. Sometimes we grieve because we have had our feelings hurt. But it is a startling statement found in verse 30. Wow. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, which you were sealed. Hmm. How do you not grieve somebody you can't see? How do you, how do you not grieve the Holy Spirit? Well, let's look at this tonight. What does grieving the Holy Spirit say to us about the Holy Spirit? 
The first thing is the Holy Spirit is at work in the life of believers. In fact, it says, it says that we're marked by him. We're sealed by him. Whether you realize it or not tonight, the Holy Spirit is at work in your life. He's at work in you. He's moving in your life. He's touching you. He's helping you. He'll strengthen you. It says in Romans chapter 8, why don't you turn there, Romans chapter 8, verse 6, that the concept of being sealed or being marked by the Holy Spirit, it's a, it's a special work of the Spirit in us. It's, it's, it's the Holy Spirit saying, he's mine, she's mine. Arabon is the, is the Greek word. It's, it's an earnest. It's like a, it's like a down payment. I, mean, I see I'm looking at some blank faces, so I'm going to step off a little bit. The Holy Spirit is like a down payment of what's to come. I don't know about you. Come on, you, you go and you, you go and buy, you're going to see a truck and you see it on the side of the road, you look at it, or a car, or a motorcycle, or a boat, or whatever it is, and you look, and you look at it, okay, it's worth a certain amount of money, and you only have, let's say you only have a couple hundred dollars on your pocket. And you say, look, I will give you, or I'll write you a check, let's say. I'll write you a check, but not for the whole amount. Just let me put 10% down, I'll be back. Come on, someone say, I'll be back. All right. So, I mean, that's called a deposit right? That's what the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit, it's not, you don't have the fullness of the Spirit, but you have a deposit. You have a marking. You have an Erebon, an earnest. It's, it's the Lord saying, you belong to me, and I'm coming back. And by the way, this is not the whole thing. Can you imagine what the whole, if this is just a, can you imagine what the whole thing is? It's wonderful to see Kim Bush here tonight. We love you and, and your husband, Mike. God bless you, Kim. Praise the Lord. We miss you. Mike made this pulpit years ago. He might even be online. What's up? And if you're not, you're a slacker. Amen. But we'll forgive you. Praise God. <laughs> Just mess with you. Wow. Romans 8, verse 6. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritual minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is at enmity with God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. Verse 8, so then those who are of the flesh cannot please God. But you are not of the flesh, but in the spirit. Come on, you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. Now if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. In other words, he is not his, capital H there, his, you don't belong to him. And if Christ is in you, the body that he's dead because of sin, but the spirit of life, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. In you. Come on, somebody say, wow. I mean, that's a whole series in itself. Look at B. We realize the Holy Spirit's a person. If you can, if you can be grieved, and here the text says, it, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's a person. It's not an it, it's not a dove. The Holy Spirit is a person. Say it with me. The Holy Spirit's a, a person because he can be grieved. 
He can be grieved. He can be lied to. You remember Ananias and Sapphira? They lied not to men, but to the Holy Spirit. You can't lie to a chair. A chair has no understanding. You can't lie to your phone. Has no under- Well, it's getting some understanding, I guess. But Do you get the point? It's not a, the Holy Spirit is not an inanimate object. It's not the force. It's a person. It's the third person of the Holy Spirit. In John 14, verse 16, Jesus says, And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever, verse 17. The Spirit of truth is another name for the Holy Spirit, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. And then verse 18, it says, And I will not leave you as orphans, but I will come to you. John 16 talks about the Holy Spirit's a person. All right, so what does it mean, the Holy Spirit's a person, what does it mean to grieve the Holy Spirit? Great question. So why would you be discussing that? Because if we can grieve the Holy Spirit, I know I don't like being grieved. Do you like being grieved? I don't think God likes it. In fact, I know he doesn't. What does it mean to grieve the Holy Spirit? The Greek word for grieve is lapeo which is to cause sorrow. So you can actually cause God, cause God to have sorrow. You can actually call, cause God to have pain. That's what that word means, sorrow or pain or even distress. Literally, some of the things we do or don't do can cause God to have pain or sorrow. That, listen, that's a heavy thought. I don't want to just throw it out and skip on to the next thing. Are you causing God to have pain and sorrow? Or are you pleasing him? Ask yourself that question. Are you grieving God? Are you causing him pain? You say, well, what do I do do that I'm causing him pain? Well, we're going to look tonight. We're going to look at actually what might cause God, what, what does cause God pain right from this text. There's, we can really grieve the Holy Spirit in three different levels. Let me ask you this question before we move to the six things we see in this text that Paul talks about on a personal level. First, but let me ask you, if you had somebody in your life, I'm going to ask yourself this question. You had somebody in your life that constantly caused you pain, constantly caused you distress. Come on, constantly you had somebody that constantly caused you sorrow. You're like, yeah, I do have somebody like that. Okay. Well, then you know what I'm talking about. I don't willfully choose to have people in my life that cause me pain, sorrow, and distress. You say, you're doing the wrong thing, Pastor. No, I know. <laughs> I would constantly have pain, sorrow, and distress when we watch people crash and burn, destroy their lives, turn their back from God. But the converse of that is also true. I see tremendous life and joy and victory. I had a brother say to me, two weeks ago I had a needle in my arm and I'm set free. Come on, that's pretty exciting to me. But you wouldn't, you wouldn't really want to hang out with, and ministering to folks is different. You wouldn't want to be yoked with, if I could say it that way, or hang out or spend lots of time with somebody who's constantly backstabbing you. That would be called an unhealthy relationship. And you might be codependent. If you have that, if you like all of that drama, and that's what you have in your life as a constant diet, you can be healed. 
You're like, what if I'm married to him? Well, you got to get him delivered. Amen. <laughs> what if I'm married to him? You got to pray. Be like Christ. Hallelujah. We can grieve the Holy Spirit on three levels, on a personal level, in the way that we live. Now, you'll notice that this passage literally really begins much earlier in chapter 4, and I want to read that, verse 17. Chapter 4, it's important to hear this. Verse 17 of Ephesians 4. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who, being past feeling, have given themselves over to lewdness, to work all uncleanness with greediness. But you have not so learned Christ. If indeed you have heard of him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct the old man which grows corrupt according to deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, that you may put on the new man which is created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Look, you're not the old person. See, once you receive Jesus, you're born again. The old is gone, the new has come. You're a new creation in Christ. So you're not the old person. You have to declare your old person, reckon him dead, and you have to put on the new man every day and walk in that. Listen, if you're a believer, if you're born again, if you're saved tonight, it is a reasonable act of service to be a living sacrifice to put to death the deeds of the flesh. Romans 12, 2. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You got to be renewed. You got you got to learn what it is to live in the new man, the new life. There's people that are on bar stools tonight that have given their hearts to Jesus but never really got discipled. And so as a result of their lack of discipleship, they figured they've tried Jesus out and really they never really got set free. They never really really got their minds renewed. They just thought it was a couple tears at an altar and that kind of felt good and there was something about that. I'm just thankful that he who began a good work in you is faithful to complete it. Can you say amen? Come on, say he's not done with me yet either. Come on. You're not the old person. You're living a new way. You're supposed to be living in a new way. Because who you really are must be lived out of this as this new person. So these Paul, the Apostle Paul lists six things he writes to the church in Ephesus of what we should do. Stop lying. It's number one. Don't tell lies. Don't tell. Exaggeration is another form of lying. A white lie, that's lying. Don't tell lies. Instead, tell the truth. Everybody say, stop lying. Now, I have known people that have, I mean, they were just liars before they got saved. And then after they got saved, they kind of lied less. But for some reason, they feel like they need to lie to protect themselves or build themselves up or... They're afraid of, of, of telling the truth. And uh, God knows I, th I had a lying spirit before I gave my heart to Jesus. And I really do believe that you can be demonized and, and have a lying spirit. I, I know some people that can just lie. I've met people that can just lie. I mean, they pass polygraph tests. I mean, they're just really good liars, really bad liars. Stop lying. Come on, everybody say stop lying. 
You got to be careful about, about deception. And you say, why, 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 why do you need to stop lying? Because it's not right. The truth should be in your mouth. And really what he's saying is that lying grieves God. It causes God pain. So if you want to walk with God and talk with God and have the life of God and you, you want to have peace and love and joy and, and the goodness of the land of the Lord and the land of the living, if you want to walk in His promises and fulfill purpose and destiny, then you're going to have to learn to stop lying. Listen, you can ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, I don't want to be a liar anymore. Pull this thing out of me, God. I Forgive me. And the Holy Spirit will take that thing out. He'll help you. I think there was three or four amens out there. The second thing we see is don't lose your temper. Oh, snap. If you do get angry, be sure it's for the right reason, which is righteousness. I heard one teaching, a teaching that's called getting a hold of a spirit of anger. And uh, the man said, I don't think, the, the preacher, the teacher guy said, I don't think that man actually can have righteous indignation because the second he gets a hold of it, he, he causes it to be unrighteous. That might be true. There's certain things that um, I don't think there's anything wrong with getting angry over. It's just how you handle that. In your anger, don't sin. Another place it says, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. I have, um, I have been angry before. I have a scripture in the book of James that says, man's wrath does not... Man's anger does not bring about God's righteousness. Man's wrath cannot produce the righteousness of God. It, it just can't. You said, so I, should I never get angry? No, listen, I, I, I think it's okay to be angry. It's just be angry and don't sin. Listen, anger, anger cleanses too. It can. How many of you have children? Now, you should never discipline your kids when you're in a rage or in angry. And if you're feeling that way, wait. If, you, if, you, if they've done something so foolish and your blood boiled, then it's not time to discipline them, and you can just tell them to wait. You're going to get consequences, but I'm mad right now, and so you have to wait. There's nothing wrong with that. And, and I've found that many times without expressing disappointment and even anger in the right way, it doesn't produce a kind of result. He said, well, God's not angry. Oh, well, let's talk about that for a second. No, let's, let's talk about that for a second. Jesus was a propitiation for our sin. Do you know what that means? Propitiation, big, big word. It means to avert wrath is what it means. So actually, God is righteous, and in him there is no unrighteousness at all. And he is, by very definition, just and he is justice, righteousness, and truth at the foundations of his throne. And when we sin, he saw it, and he made a way for us. And he, it releases, it causes wrath. Where is that wrath? It was put on his son, Jesus. Listen, if you're honest with yourself, you deserve death. Listen, Mother Teresa understood she deserved death, too. It doesn't matter where your righteousness is. You can be Jeffrey Dahmer or Mother Teresa. Your righteousness is just, it doesn't, it's, it's manini. It's tiny. It's really, really small compared to where it needs to be. It cannot be perfected except by the blood of Jesus Christ. That's the only thing. 
So does God get angry? Yeah, he gets, he gets angry. He got angry. He got angry over sin. He releases wrath on his own son so that you could be free from wrath. Can you say amen? amen. Don't lose your temper. Give the devil a foothold. That word is topos. How many of you ever gone hiking with a topo map? You know what topo map is? It's, it's a picture of, of if, you, if you sin in your anger, it can give the devil a place, a base of, it gives him a base camp. It gives him a base of operations in your life. Some of you were raised in an angry home. My father had a real temper. It seemed to be released on my two brothers more than me. And he would just get so angry. And it wasn't healthy. It was very scary. And if you've raised in an angry home, let me just tell you that the wrath that you might have experienced on you Really, you're really not the cause of that anger. Really, most likely what it was is that was put upon your parents or whoever raised you, and it put within them a bitterness and, and a foothold, if you will, for the enemy. So that when, when that rage came out for your father or your mother, it really wasn't, you weren't the cause of that. Oh, you might have done foolish things. Kids do foolish things. People do foolish things. Let me, let me say this. Anytime as a parent or a leader, you introduce anger, watch this now. This is going to hurt. Brace yourself. Fasten your seatbelt high and tight. You use anger to control people. It's really witchcraft. Really what it is is you're, you're utilizing anger. Every time you do that, you introduce a demonic into controlling a situation. So in other words, nobody wants to talk to you about the problem you have because you're going to be like, ah! You're like, oh, uh, you know, sorry, i got to go away now. You know, it's, it's a little scary. Okay, so what would you do? You got them to back off and quit confronting you because you've pitched a little fit. <laughs> Is that conviction out there today? You guys all right? Oh, God knows I've done that. Jesus, forgive me for the times I have. I've repented already. But you have to learn that, listen, you, there's consequences. You just don't have to pitch a fit and go into a rage. There's very clear consequences. If you don't live consequences and confront stuff, then you'll have the devil running your life. Thank you, Pastor Alex. Was that you, Pastor Alex? God bless you. You have to confront stuff. Listen, if you have people run up and steal your lunch all the time, you're not going to have any lunch. So you have to confront things, but you do it in love. You do it with, with kindness. And, and, and there's consequences, very clear consequences. All right, don't steal. Everybody say, don't steal. We're talking about the different things that grieve the Holy Spirit. Right? Don't lie. Lying grieves him. Want to make him feel sad? Be a liar. Which is a horrible thing. The same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is available for you to operate in your life to give you strength, to release miracles, to release his kingdom. But if you lie, you shut down that source of power. You shut down that relationship. Don't, you know, if, you, if you lose your temper, if you steal, don't, everybody say, don't steal. Some people get this stupid idea that, that you, know, you just do everything you can so you can just hang out and not work. 
I might just tell you something. Work is sacred, and it was created by God. It's God's idea to work. In fact, he put Adam and Eve in the garden to tend and to keep it. To tend, it's to, to work it. Everybody say work it. Work is good. To tend it, to keep. The word keep is shamar. It's to protect. It's the first indication that something's not so right in the garden. It's a picture, it's a picture of being on a, on a wall. It's, it's, it's a protective word, shamar. Tending to keep it. It's God's idea. He created work. Now, when the curse came by the sweat of your brow, I think you can work under a curse. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the joyful work that God gives you to do with your hands and in your life. It's a joy. It should be a joy. You should enjoy what you do. Listen, you should be ordained in whatever you're doing. Do you understand what I'm saying? If you're a builder, you're an ordained builder, plumber, ordained builder. In other words, you're doing what God called you to do. Or it's a tent-making thing on the way to the next thing that God has for you. Hello? And, it, and really, Paul says in 2 Thessalonians, he says if somebody doesn't work and they refuse to work, he's not talking about somebody who's on disability. He's not talking about somebody who, you know, who's sick. He says somebody who refuses to work. And I'm going to someone who can work, but they don't work. They say, take that person and, and kick him out. Expel him, basically. Don't hang out with a lazy person. He says, don't even eat with them. Whoa. It says, you don't work, you don't eat. You know, I know, I've known some people that just want, we have a whole nation that's like a, God, there's a whole group of people that are on the whole free ride thing. Come on, you got to have a bigger God than welfare. The federal government. Work is good. Come on, somebody say work is good. All right. Look at your neighbor and say, get a job. Go ahead. Get a job. Don't steal. Don't be a thief. A lazy spirit will grieve the Holy Spirit. If you're lazy, you're grieving God. I've seen workaholics. That's not good either. I think you can grieve the Holy Spirit by being a workaholic too. All right, we're having fun. <laughs> D, don't use your mouth for evil, but use it for good. Verse 29, let no corrupt word proceed from your mouth, but only what's necessary for edification. That is, it may impart grace to the hearers. Wow, you can use your mouth to release the power of God. We're supposed to speak as though speaking is a very oracle of the Lord. That we're, our mouths are supposed to be on God's building crew, not on the devil's wrecking crew. The devil is the accuser of the brethren, but you should not be. You should be somebody who's constantly speaking words of life, constantly declaring, you can do it. You can overcome. You're more than a conqueror through Christ. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Instead of talking about all the negative things that you see. Well... Don't use your mouth for evil. I saw something on Facebook. It's got to be true. I'm sure Jesus believes it because it was there. But it was about bullies. And they had this hidden camera. And this hidden camera, you know, honed in on this bench, you know, waiting for a bus. And there was these three girls, high school, maybe junior high school age, and to listen to these two girls absolutely rip up this other girl. It was so grievous. But what was great was to see some of the people around them, some adults, big, 
big brother sitting there, you know, 10 seats away. And they're picking on this girl. And I said, oh, did you try out for the play? Mm-hmm, I tried out for the play. Well, you know why you didn't get it? Because they all said you sing like a pig. And she's all, huh. She says, yeah, you should never do that. Do you always do your hair that way? Mm-hmm. It's terrible. I mean, they're just haranguing the girl. And this big dude says, hey, shut up, man. Quit picking on her. And they're like, Listen, how are you using your mouth? Hallelujah. Come on, how can how can cursings and blessings come out of the same mouth? How can you sing praises to God and curse your ex-wife? Ex-husband. Your boss. You'll grieve the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will be like, Dad, I'm, 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 I'm feeling pain right now. I'm going to leave you. I'll have to come back later. I'm glad he never leaves us or forsakes us. But you, listen, I don't want to grieve God. I don't want to hurt God. If you love God, if you're living for him, then you don't want to hurt him either. Don't be unkind or bitter. Instead, be kind and, and loving goes on to say in verse 3 of chapter 5, but fornication, all uncleanness and covetousness, let not even be named among you as is fitting for the saints, neither filthiness. Can you put that up for me, please? But I want the New International Version. Nor should there be obscenity. I like that way it says that. Foolish talk. Or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. Go up to verse 3 in the NIV. But among you there should not even be a hint of sexual immorality. Listen, I, I have been in the company of men of God and heard... Hints of sexual immorality. What do you mean by that? Little sexual innuendos. Little, little, little phrases that they throw out. Um, you know, really, I mean, like, really subtle, but, you know, not so subtle. I'm, I'm not even going to use it. You don't understand what I'm saying. You know what's going through somebody's heart by what comes out their mouth. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And when somebody is making innuendos, guess what? They've got some issues. Anybody else besides me been set free from issues? <laughs> Praise the Lord. You want to grieve the Holy Spirit, then, then you have, have sexual immorality, of course, grieves him completely, but even hints of it. Whoa. Even hints of sexual immorality. Or uh, obscenity. Any kind, of imp- any kind of impurity? Any kind of impurity. Or greed. Greed. So actually, if you're not a tither, you grieve the Holy Spirit. How about that? Greed. Because it's improper for God's holy people. Go to verse 4 again. Nor should there be any obscenity. Listen, if you have a problem with cursing, let me help you. Back in the 70s, I'm dating myself. They used to have this thing called uh, soap on a rope. Anybody remember that? 
You remember that? What was it like? English leather or something. I forget what it was. Am I got that right? And, and it had like this. I remember it, man. I remember it like my mom bought it. It was cool. We used to hang it in the shower. And I'd hang it around my chest. And I'd be like soap on a rope. Do you know that that's come back? So if you have a problem with your mouth, you can try this kind of training. Every time you drop the F-bomb, just tick that, pick that thing up and suck on it just a little bit. Just every time you curse, just suck on the soap, and that'll help you. Amen? No, really. No, it really, it really will. It's psychological training, but really, really, it's got to come out of your spirit. You got to get it out of your heart. I don't joke about sex, you know. Joking about sex is, is a... Now, listen, Children's Church is upstairs. I'm surveying. Bing! I see one child. All right, so we're not going to go PG-13. We're just going to go PG. Listen, if you can't hear about sex in church, there's something really wrong, because where are you going to hear about it? Facebook? Bad idea. YouTube? Bad idea. Bad idea. Men's meeting, women's meeting, yes. Of course. It's healthy. There's nothing wrong with it. It's a healthy thing. God created it, but he created it for a man and a woman, by definition, under the covenant of marriage, which is forever. It's even a blood covenant, and that's all I'll say about that. That's the way that should be. So, when there is a, when there is a joking and a, uh, a coarse joking and, uh, about sex, and our whole culture has taken sex and just made it like, I don't know, like eating food or something. Listen, sex is not like eating food. It's not just something you do. It's not something that's for entertainment. It's, it's not something that's casual. Everything has been sexualized. And, and you can't get away from it if you watch TV. I, that's why I'm disconnected TV. I'll watch a lot of movies, but I don't watch a lot of TV. I mean, it's like you got to just mute the thing on every, 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 every commercial practically. Be careful when you're reading Surfing Magazine. Or you guys probably don't read Surfing Magazine. Field and stream. You probably need to be careful when you're reading field and stream. Okay. So, but, but think about this, and I want to say this quickly, move on. That when there's joking about sex, so, so if you can grieve the Holy Spirit about joking about sex, then actually sex is created by God, three, three reasons, oneness, children, and pleasure. Those are the three purposes for sex between a, a husband and a wife, and that's the only time it should be. Husband and wife, man and woman, we're defining that. It's in our bylaws now. Man and woman, marriage. That's what makes it legal to have that bond because it's so, um, it's so holy. It's so holy that that is how that is. But our whole cultures removed that and just made it a casual thing. 
So if, the, if you could grieve the Holy Spirit, talking to married couples now, if you could grieve the Holy Spirit by joking about sex, then actually I think the Holy Spirit wants to, and here's where I'm just going to like shoot high, or I'm going over the heads of most. I'm telling you the Holy Spirit can anoint you as a couple to do everything. And that, listen, that is how that should be. So righteous. So, you know, you should pray before, during, and after. And that's all I'm going to say. I'm done. Let's move on to the next point. We can grieve the Holy Spirit. Youth is down the, down the street, and the children's church is upstairs. That's okay. That you okay? Where's my wife? Jesus, help me out. You'd be like, what was pastor talking about? Nothing. He ain't talking about nothing. You just pray a lot. Just pray. That's all. Praise God. What was he saying? I don't want to talk about it right now. You better talk about it at some point, because otherwise somebody else can talk to him. All right. That's, we can grieve the Holy Spirit. That's, that's personally. We can grieve the Holy Spirit personally. We can grieve the Holy Spirit as a church. And I never want to do that. I never want to do that. We can do that by unholiness. What do you mean? There are some places that just hope that you come and turn in your tithe, do whatever you want to, as long as you come to church every so often to make sure you turn in your tithe. That is absolutely not how it is here. I will preach holiness. I will teach the Word of God. If your life's not right, I mean, we're not the, we're not the spiritual police. The Holy Spirit is, though. He'll convict you, and He'll hunt you down and encourage you and help you. But if something is glaring, we're going to certainly confront it. And I realize we're all at different levels in our walk with God. Amen. I mean, it's like the one kid that came in years ago. He came in dreadlocks. He smelled like, I mean, just smoking so much dope. He came in, gave his heart to Jesus. Came back every service. The guy's every service at church for like week after week. I think it was the second or third week. He says, hey, uh, um, man, I think like God spoke to me. I said, really? He said, yeah, I don't think he wants me to smoke dope anymore. I'm like, no kidding. He's like, yeah. Do you think that's God? I go, yeah, I think that's God. Who spoke to him? The Holy Spirit did. I think it was a week later, he said, you know what? I'm going to get rid of my dreadlocks. It was a good thing he did because he, he had a little patch of centipedes in him. He had been living out in a tent, you know. And then before you know it, he was, you know, he started getting showered and, you know, discovered deodorant. Glory to God, what a day that was. I mean, the people he would sit next to was like, yes, God, come on, Jesus. They had revival that day. Deodorant is like this stuff you buy. You want to make sure that there's no aluminum in it, they say. And, you know, you can put it under your armpit and, uh, and it helps you to not smell. And it's really not that costly either. Pretty inexpensive and well worth it. Come on, someone say amen. amen. But when the Holy Spirit, it, it, you have to confront things as a church. You have, to, you have to teach truth. And you have to be willing to confront things. And, and when there's an unholiness, when, the, when, when anything is allowed in a church... The Holy Spirit will not be moving there too much, although he's a gentleman because he'll take whatever he can get. 
He wants to come more than we even realize. But when there's, when there's sin, the Holy Spirit's shut down in a way. He's grieved. So unholiness in a church can cause, can cause the Holy Spirit to be grieved. We call sin, sin here. You'll notice I talked about fornication. That is having sex outside of marriage. Adultery is when you're having sex with somebody else and you're married. Okay, if you practice that, I'm just giving you a little news flash today. I don't care what you heard anywhere else. You're not going to heaven if that's what you practice. Now, you can call yourself a Christian all you want. Christian means Christ-like. That's not Christ-like. The Word of God says it plain. You want to rip the page out? It's still true, Bubba. You're convicted. You know you are. So you need to change. All right, so I, don't get mad at me. Come on, don't kill the messenger. Amen. I, I'm, just, I'm just telling you what the truth is. It's like, man wrote the book. Man wrote, what man would write that? What? Come on, I'm just saying. What man's going to come up with that? Yeah, you don't know. He'd be like, yeah. That's why you see some of these other cults. They're like, oh, yeah, you get all kinds of celestial sex partners. That you know man wrote. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. Disunity will cause the Holy Spirit to be grieved. When there's a lack of unity, I am so encouraged here because we have tremendous unity in vision, tremendous unity in prayer. And I'm convinced that prayer is one of the main reasons we have that. We've got a prayer meeting every morning. We've got multiple hours of prayer. The church, the Western church, is, is absolutely inept. doesn't have any clue of what it is. We've got big churches. But there's very little prayer in America. Well, there's pockets of fire of prayer and 24-hour prayer centers, and we pray that we would become that. It's a desire of ours to be a church that never closes. Listen, prayer is important. Disunity, disunity will grieve the Holy Spirit, and you will have a shutdown of the gifts. You'll feel it. I can feel that when I walk into, I walk into a place, and something's out of accord. There's strife. It's just like, ugh. Can feel it. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I've felt that walking into churches. That is not what you feel when you walk in here. Why? Because we'll be sure that we don't have disunity. We, we'll be sure we don't have division. Why? Because we'll warn a divisive person. Don't do that. Don't do that here. Once, and then the Bible says twice and have nothing to do with them. Usually we don't have to get to twice. Somebody gets rebuked and they're like, oh, snap, that ain't going to work. I guess I got to, you know, do something else or I don't like that church. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. I mean, we, we love people, but you just, you know, you know what I'm saying? You have to have, we, we, most of all, we don't want to grieve anybody. We're not really a seeker-friendly model. And not, not that there's anything wrong with that. It's just not what, how the Lord's wired us up. The Lord's really told us to allow him to move and flow. And we have our little way of doing that. And, and you know, maybe there's places where God's moving in a greater way. I don't know. We're just hungry for Jesus. I'm thankful for the body of Christ, and we're going to maintain unity at all costs. And when you don't have that, you'll, have, you'll see the Holy Spirit grieved, and, and there won't be a real flow of the Holy Ghost in a church. I've, I've been a part of that before. We had that here many years ago. We don't have that anymore. Someone say hallelujah. hallelujah. Pastor Alex, would you come? Another reason that causes disunity, not, not teaching the truth. 
Disunity, second one, moving on down here. Disunity, not teaching the truth. I'm not giving you something out of the Reader's Digest or the Encyclopedia Britannica. I'm preaching from the Word of God. It's the most accurate historical ancient document in all the world. So how do you know that? Because I've studied. And most people don't really want to believe that it's God's Word, because if it is God's Word, then you have to change. So they'll never really enter into the place of really understanding and becoming like a Berean to really study, to show themselves approved. They'll just say, well, I'm not into organized religion. I'm into fornicating. That's what I'm into. <laughs> because if this is God's word, then, you know, um, I think we, we all have some problems. This is God's word, then we're pretty convicted of some things, and uh, we need some help. We, we don't need a rule book. You need a savior. And if if a church doesn't teach the truth, listen, there's going to be a lot of ear tickling going on. It's coming. The, the love of many will grow cold in the last days. Are you in the last days? It was the last days when Jesus was crucified, rose again from the grave. That was the beginning of the last days. We've been in the last days. We will stand by the word of God, teach it and preach it as best we can, accountable to many. And we'll let the chips fall. We'll take the five of one, two, three, and do whatever you want with it. We're going to stand on, on, on traditional... They call it traditional. It is the definition of marriage. We call it traditional. It, it is. Nothing else is marriage. So, I, I, you know, what are you going to do? We're going we're to preach the truth. We're going to declare it. And we'll stand before God for it. Listen, every one of us here, every single one of us will be before the judgment seat of Christ. I thought that was only for unbelievers. Oh, no, no, no. No, no, no. There's a believer's place of judgment. Listen, you need to learn. I, we all need to have a deeper understanding. That we're, you got to live for another age. This is a test. This is an internship. You're passing through. We call it life. It's only 70, 80, 90 years. I'm claiming 120, should the Lord tarry. But, I mean, that's really nothing. That, that is zero in the, in the span of eternity. There, there's, there's ruling and reigning with Christ for a thousand years. This is training. This is like a little school time. Yet you'll be judged of how you went through school. I mean, you get a report card. Thank God it's not under condemnation, which is, you know, outer darkness, weeping, gnashing of teeth, hell. Thank God it's not created for us. But there is a place that you go without your sins being forgiven. And the only way your sins can be forgiven is by the blood of Jesus. Come on, I don't want to grieve God. Do you? I, I don't. I don't. I, I want to I please Him. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. You know, he's not welcome in some churches. The Holy Spirit's not welcome in some churches. The Holy Ghost is not welcome in some places. Look at three. When we ignore the voice of the Holy Spirit, or we don't want his fullness in his life, we can grieve him as a church. And you know, I... I I prepared for hours today, worked on two different sermons. And um, I don't know, two o'clock on, right up to church. And right before service, 
I felt like the Lord said, uh, son, would it be okay if you didn't preach tonight? I thought, absolutely. That'd be awesome, God. Because I know what that means. That means he's just going to blow in here and just do what he does. And he says, well, I was just checking. That's a good word. Go ahead and preach it. I'm like, oh, awesome. It's good, Lord. Yeah, it's, it's good. I don't want, I'm, I'm tired of being grieved. How are you doing? You grieving him? Are you grieving the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit's not, it's not a dove, he's a person. I don't want to grieve him. I don't want to grieve him with my mouth. I don't want to grieve him with my actions. Come on, if you're lying, stop. If you're convicted tonight, repent. That's the beauty. I'm not trying to smash anybody. I'm just saying, hey, you don't feel good when you get your feelings hurt. Think above all, we should probably not hurt God's feelings. What do you think? But I'm afraid that we do it frequently. Come on, lift your hands. Ask, ask him. Ask him. Come on, just ask him. Is there anything on the inside of me, anything I've said, anything I've done, any way that I'm living on a personal level, am I grieving you? Am I grieving you? places on the inside of us where you're grieved, where, where we've caused you pain, patterns in our life maybe, our ways of thinking and distortions, maybe when we got angry. Come tonight. We ask you to come tonight and bring that love and correction. We invite you. ignore your voice don't don't ignore his voice be open to his voice I mean that's like a whole nother message but God wants to speak to you he is speaking to you he'll use everything he he'll use creation David talked about that all of creation the stars and the moon which you've set in place when I consider the works of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you've ordained, what is man that thou art mindful of him, the son of man, that you would care for him? You settlement a little bit below the angels, yet you've crowned him with glory and honor, and you've given him dominion over the works of your hands. Lord, we want to go deeper. We are hungry for you. Lord, as a church, I'm asking that you would show us in our liturgy the different things that we do, the way that we run our services, the way that we pray. Lord, we're just trying to find, follow a pattern that we believe that you gave us, but we ask you to come and break in. Come and mess us up. Do what you do. Spirit come 
to me as I've taught at other times the Holy Spirit has been likened to a dove Middle Eastern doves have nine main wing feathers that all point to the head the head being Christ nine gifts of the Spirit its tail feathers there's five main tail feathers the fivefold ministry gifts Apostles and prophets, evangelists, teachers, pastors. And a Middle Eastern dove, which we're about to see. Cool. They'll be startled off. You can scare them and they, they'll, they'll come back to the food, to the source. And you can scare them off again. I've, I've read this. And, the, and they'll return again. You scare them off a third time. It's not coming back. The Holy Spirit is it's a person. It's not an it. It's, it's like, it's like if, I, if I have a dove land on my shoulder. Just, just land right here. And I want the dove to stay. running off in a sprint. Boo! Right. <laughs> it took off. Obviously. Okay, come on back. Listen, what you do, the way you live, the way you speak, the way you think, what you look at, the way you respond to people, how you respond to God, it either is going to encourage Him to stay with you, and to walk with you, and talk with you, or it's just going to fly off because He's grieved, just like you. Somebody constantly calling you ugly. Somebody constantly saying stuff about you, speaking junk about you in your face. How about this? Come on. If Mike calls my name, go ahead. Call my name like you want to talk to me. Nice. How does that feel? Like, dude, did you not even hear me? I, I think what the Lord does that to us all the time. He's all the time saying, tell him about me. Tell him. And you're like, that ain't God. <laughs> we walk off. He's constantly whispering, constantly wooing us, constantly drawing us in, constantly drawing us. I've grieved him so many times. I don't want to do it anymore. I don't want to do it as a church. I don't want to do it personally. And if you love God, you feel the same way. Let's just repent. And ask God one more time, Lord, forgive us for where we've fallen short, where we have grieved you, where we have done our way, demanded our way, insisted upon moving in a place where you didn't want us to go. Forgive us, Lord, for where we grieved you through our thoughts and where we've grieved you through perhaps coarse joking or lying. 
Lord, you have marked us. You have sealed us even to the day of redemption. You're, you're our Arabon, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. We don't want to cause you sorrow or distress or pain. Lord, we don't want to live lies. We don't want to speak lies. We want to live in the truth. We don't want to lose our temper and be people that are moved by anger and rage and give a foothold, give a topos to the devil, a base of operations. God, we don't want to steal any longer. Lord, we want to be people that work diligently so that we can be generous on every occasion. Lord, we do not want to grieve you. We don't want to grieve you. We don't want to grieve you, God. We don't want to speak for the enemy, use our mouth for evil. We don't want to be unkind or bitter. We want to be loving. We don't want to have a hint of sexual immorality or be fornicators or idolaters. Lord, we, we want to be people that give thanks. We don't want to grieve you. We don't want to be unholy. In us church, Lord, have disunity. We want to walk in accord. We want to teach the truth. And I say again, Holy Spirit, you have absolute reign to do whatever you want to do anytime you want to do. Help me to be sensitive. Help us to be sensitive to We're not going to ignore your voice. We want your fullness. Let me close with making that emphasis. You might be filled with the Spirit tonight and you might not. I will tell you something. When you're hungry and you're thirsty for God, that kind of heart God will come and fill. That kind of heart God will come and touch. When you're hungry and thirsty and sometimes we're just full of a lot of other stuff. Nefesh is the word for soul. It's the same word for thirst. You're thirsty. He made you that way. He made you thirsty. And when we... We eat those empty calories in the spirit. Can I just say it that way? You know, you get full, but you're actually not satisfied. When you're hungry and thirsty, it changes everything. A hungry and thirsty man of God, woman of God, is not afraid to look like a fool in the face of their peers in order to be embraced in the arms of the master, not coming for the robe or for the ring, but, but out of a desperate love and hunger to know him more. And the Lord says, Son, I'm calling your name. While you were yet even in your mother's womb, I knew you. I formed you. I knew you and I formed you, says the Lord. There was, there was lots of turmoil even around your birth and pregnancy. There were some of those things that affected you. The Lord says, I'm touching you and I'm healing you. I'm rolling away the reproach and I'm healing your heart. I'm healing your mind. I'm healing your body. I'm beginning to speak to you and you are listening, says the Lord. I've given you some dreams. Of, you're beginning to dream again. You're beginning to dream again. There's a great sensitivity that I've given you, says the Lord. The Lord shows me that you're tender, very tender-hearted, and some would try to, to make fun or poke at or even abuse that fine trait that God gave you. 
a tender, sensitive, gentle spirit. And it's for the purposes of my kingdom. And I see you, I see you doing music. I see you, I see you in worship. There's all kinds of creativity and arts. And you're very unique in the way you think, the way you see things. I've called you by name.
I'm preparing you. Don't settle. Stay the course. This new vision, new ability even to be able to hear his voice in a greater way. You're going to be wrapped up in his presence. You're going to write songs. You'll write music. I'm opening your ears even to the sound of heaven, says the Lord. I'm opening your ears even to a new sound, to a brand new sound, to a brand new sound, to a brand new sound. Doubt and unbelief, they fade away. You know he's already spoken to you. Yes, you'll write. Yes, lyrics and music. Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost, transformation. Weariness go. Fire. that are before you on your way to your destiny. Do not be weary in well-doing, for in due time you'll receive a harvest. I'm making a way. I'm opening a door that no man can shut. I'm opening it. Even tonight, there's new opportunities. New opportunities. I see new financial opportunities. And business opportunities. I see favor. I see favor. I see favor. I see promotion. The Lord says, I am promoting you even tonight. Make it so. Jesus' name. It's a double word.
Come, Holy Spirit. Yes. Come on, service is almost over. There's nothing wrong with waiting on him. There's everything right about that. Have your way. strength. Come in thine strength and thy power. Come in thine own special way. Come on, just a cappella. Lift your voice. Come, Holy Spirit, I need thee. Come, sweet spirit, I pray. Come in thy strength. Come in thine strength and thy power. Come in thine own special way. We love you, Jesus. If you have the freedom to sing or pray in the spirit, just go right ahead. For decades, Upon decades, I have desired to send a mighty wave of healing, a mighty wave of revival to even the great Northland. And while there's been pockets and touches here and there, I have been grieved and things have held up the move of my spirit. But I am sending another touch, another wave. Where will my resting place be where will my resting place be where will my resting place be where will my resting place Don't be distracted. It's just nine. We'll close soon. I want to be sensitive to your time, but I just don't want to grieve him. 
says the Lord heaven is my throne the earth is my footstool where is the house that you will build me and where is the place of my rest for all those things my hand has made and all those things exist says the Lord but on this one on this one will I look, on him who is poor and of contrite spirit and trembles at my word. Where? Where? Will my resting place be? our deepest desire, Lord, that you would find a place here. Where you would never be grieved and you can do whatever you want. Whenever you want to. That you would abide here make this place your abode. Help us to do our part as individuals, Lord, to not grieve you in our day in, day out life, to walk circumspectly knowing that the days are evil, to be as gentle as doves, as wise as serpents. We'd make no provision for the flesh, the lust thereof, but we'd put on the new man. We'd speak as though speaking as an oracle of God. And we'd learn, Lord, to feed on your faithfulness and your goodness, for you alone satisfy. And that when we come together in these corporate times, you would find a place where you could rest. That we would be those who tremble at your word. 
you're here tonight and you're not right with God before we close, don't you leave this place without giving your heart to Jesus. There's a hell to shun and a heaven to gain. We're not playing some religious game. God loves you. He's got a plan for you. You're separated from that plan because of sin. His wrath was brought upon his son Jesus, as I said earlier. You receive forgiveness by believing on his son. That he died on a cross for you. Rose again from the grave for you. By believing on him, by repenting and asking him to forgive you. To be your Lord, to Savior. By devoting your life to him. By uniting your life to his in death and resurrection. If that's you, you want to give your heart to Jesus. For the first time or make a recommitment. All across this place, just pray right out loud. Say, dear Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for rising again from the grave for me. Forgive me of all of my sin. And be my Lord. Be my Savior. Wash me. Cleanse me. And make me new. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Holy Spirit, I pray, fill, touch, heal. Break every chain, every bondage, depression. There's one person struggling with depression and anxiety. God's freeing you right now. Lord, break every chain. Fill, baptize afresh right now. In Jesus' name, every curse be broken. Addiction go. The blessings of God flow to these right now. Take someone by the hand, won't you? Let's close. Pastor Vince, would you close us? Oh, hallelujah. Would you be sure to pray for us on our trip to Israel? Amen. Don't forget, won't you? We covet your prayers. Pastor Vince, would you close our service? Amen. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for the word, Lord, that was given to us, not to grieve you, God. We pray, Lord, that that become a part of our lives, Lord. Every waking moment of our lives, God, that we would not grieve you. Father, we ask for your divine protection around our pastor, Lord, his wife, their home, as they travel, Father, to the Holy Land. And all those that are traveling with them, God, we pray your traveling mercies, Lord, that as they leave, God, you would bring them back to us, God. Hallelujah, Father, one and all. We thank you, Lord, for all those that are accompanying Dr. Morocco, God, for safe passage, God. And we pray here, God, that we would lift them up before you daily, God. And, Father, that we walk in your will and that we would not grieve you, that we would love one another, God, as you created us to love one another. That we would walk together in unity, Father. Hallelujah, Father. And we would stand strong together as one. And we ask your blessings on everyone here, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to King's Chapel, Alaska and Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passion is making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's life call and help us to be the personal, powerful, and permeating church God's called us to be. Get in touch with us anytime at 907-357-2065, 907-357-2065, or online at kcalaska.com, kcalaska.com. Friend us on Facebook and follow Pastor Daniel's tweets at Alaska Revival.